0: When I was um, in high school, I started to kind of suffer from severe digestive things. And we went to doctor after doctor, and they kept telling me that, oh, you have IBS, which we know now is kind of just this wastebasket diagnosis. It means we're not really sure what's going on.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jockers Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutritionist, and I'm the host on this podcast. And I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself. And on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Dr. Jockers Functional Nutrition Podcast, where we really look at nutrition and lifestyle as information, biological information that tells our DNA how to express themselves. We can express optimal health, or we can express sickness and disease based on what we're eating, how we're thinking, how we're sleeping, and and really just all of our lifestyle, how we're moving. So all these things are so important. And I've got a great guest on today with me, This is Autumn Smith. We're going to talk a lot about organ meats, nutrient density. We're going to talk about really how she overcame a lot of her health issues with gut problems. And uh, we're going to talk about some of the best foods you can be putting into your diet. And so Autumn is the co-founder of Paleo Valley, which is an amazing company. Many of you guys have probably heard of them. We're a big supporter of their products. I use them personally she also has co-founded Wild Pastures. She holds a master's in holistic nutrition. A certified, she's a certified eating psychology coach and a certified FDN practitioner. Her passion for health began with her own struggles with IBS and anxiety. Despite a career as a professional dancer and celebrity fitness trainer, Autumn's own health was in shambles. <clears throat> she was desperate for a cure, and she and her husband, Chaz stumbled upon the paleo diet in 2011. That was really when it was first starting to get some, uh, some mainstream press, right? It was starting to really spread at that point. When, within a month of beginning it, her health was completely transformed. Autumn then made it her mission to share the information she had learned with as many people as possible. And she's a co-founder of Paleo Valley, an organic whole food supplement and paleo snack food company that prioritizes nutrient density and food quality. In 2018, she took things a step further and launched her second business with her husband, Wild Pastures, a regenerative pasture-based meat delivery service. Wild Pastures makes supportable, sustainable agriculture and local small farms easy for consumers. She lives in Boulder, Colorado with her husband and their son, Maverick. And so we were just talking about that. And and, uh, her son is four, my boys are, I've got twin boys that are four. So, uh, so we have a lot in common from that perspective. Autumn, welcome to the podcast.
0: Oh, thank you, Dr. Jackers. It is such a pleasure. I'm such a fan of your work and love to hear that you enjoy our products. And Absolutely.
1: You guys me. make top of the line products. So really, really enjoy them. I was just talking about the beef sticks, right? Which I do want to get into as we get going because these beef sticks are great. They're fermented with a probiotic in them. My kids love them. I, I really enjoy them. I mean, one of the best things you can be doing if you're on the go, right? So really good on the go food that's great for your blood sugar, You know, complete protein source, fermented. It's got probiotics in it, easy on the digestive system. So really great stuff. But Autumn, first I want to get started by really understanding your story and how you got into this.
0: Yeah, of course. Well, thank you for your compliments. It's been a long road, honestly. When I was um, in high school, I started to kind of suffer from severe digestive things and we went to doctor after doctor and they kept telling me that oh you have IBS which we know now is kind of just this wastebasket diagnosis it means we're not really sure what's going on and so they tried to give me a lot of bino and just basically nothing and so I kind of just learned to manage it and to feel kind of powerless in this situation that this is just something I was going to deal with for the rest of my life But I didn't understand at the time, but we have that gut brain connection and it kind of started to escalate and snowball. And pretty soon I was feeling really anxious a lot of the time. And um, I started to have to use like substances. I started abusing substances to deal with this anxiety and my life just kind of spiraled. Unfortunately, I even got kicked out of my house, my parents' home, Mm. even before I graduated high school. So it Mm. was, it was quite the situation, but fortunately I was able to kind of, pull it together and manage, even though I wasn't thriving and and have this fitness training job. And you know, I was doing all the things still not thriving, but just kind of surviving until I met my husband. And I kind of hidden this from him because I had learned, you know what, there's not going to be a lot anyone can do anyway. I might as well put on a happy face and go on about my life. And he just did it. He wasn't satisfied with that for his new life. And so when we moved in and he saw the severity of my bloated belly and just how much i was struggling he got online in like 2010 like you said and he found some people having success with paleo diet and so this time i was working as a fitness trainer and i had a really cool job that i loved but once i witnessed this transformation in myself after just 30 days my digestive symptoms were pretty much gone that i'd suffered from forever and my anxiety and everything else it got better and better and better um So I knew I had to share this information because I was fit. I looked fit, but I wasn't well. And I wanted to teach people how to be well. And that's why I went back to school. And it was funny because I actually started school while I was on a, a world tour working as a fitness trainer. And so I kind of knew about this connection. I was trying to find high quality beef sticks. I'd found some grass fed beef sticks and I actually had my husband bring them over in a suitcase when he came to visit me in France. And, um, I ate them and they still like something in them didn't make me feel quite right. And so that's when I really started digging into the manufacturing practices around that and thinking, why are we using ingredients like encapsulated citric acid? Why is that the industry standard when our ancestors fermented them? And so that's where the Be Sick idea came from. And that was our flagship product. And after that, we just kind of went crazy and decided we needed to make products that help people make this lifestyle realistic.
1: Well, it makes a lot of sense. And you talked about how you had IBS, and you were also having anxiety and talked about the gut brain connection. So let's talk a little bit more about that, um, how the gut and the brain communicate and how important it is to take care of our gut to really support optimal mood and, and optimal behavior as well.
0: Yeah, I didn't understand at the time, obviously, but we know there's like a big association. People with IBS often have psychiatric symptoms. Mm -hmm. 90 plus percent of our serotonin is actually produced in the gut. Our neurotransmitters, dopamine, another feel-good neurotransmitter produced in the gut. And while we used to think that most of the information went from the brain to the gut, what we know now is more information is going from the gut to the mm-hmm. brain. So whenever our gut's not well, our brain isn't well. And so while I don't think that it's the only thing that people need to do in order to heal necessarily, mm-hmm. I think it is an excellent starting place. Yeah. And just cleaning up my gut, it, it changed my life.
1: Yeah, it makes a big difference. And so you went on a paleo diet. So yeah. you were probably consuming a lot of grains and you came oh. off of the grains, right? Would you credit that as one of the big factors, and then you focused on, I guess, uh, more sustainably raised animal products? What were some of the big factors there in that thirty um, day transition?
0: Yes, I was clueless because I grew up with that a calorie is a calorie. You just count your calories, yeah. and you know everything's going to be fine, and I was a ballerina, so I was very you know aware of that, and so I was eating terrible things protein bars and candy and so yes the grains i'm definitely very gluten sensitive i've come to realize but there was just a lot of things in my diet that needed to go. And so it was definitely like taking those out of the diet. But then also, we just started shopping at farmers markets and got fresh produce every single week and really addressing the quality of our animal products, only sticking to, you know, pasture raised pork and poultry and chicken and wild fish and 100% grass fed and finished animal products. And it was just like a, a fog for me. And then, of course, when I got pregnant and got a little crazy about nutrient density, realizing, okay, I don't only need to sustain my own body, I need to create this perfect vessel for my developing little guy. Then I realized organ meats had to come into the picture. (laughs) And that's why we decided to make that product too, because nutrient density, I don't know if people, I'm sure you've been teaching about this, but it's a real concern. The USDA estimates 95% of us are deficient in at least one nutrient. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look at what people are typically eating, highly processed, refined foods, you're really not going to get nutrients like empty calories. And, you know, our ancestors really ate very nutrient dense foods when they were eating. So let's talk about the difference between grass fed and grain fed, what you're going to get when you consume grass fed, 100% grass fed animal products versus, you know, your typical commercially raised grain fed animal products.
0: Yeah. So this is a big distinction and there's envi- you know obviously benefits for the environment as well and for the animals, but for the consumer, it's just increased nutrient density. The thing that I think is the biggest needle mover is the omega fatty acid profile. Mm-hmm. So in grass-fed and finished beef, you're going to have more omega-3s, you're going to have a better ratio of omega-3 to omega-6 fatty acids, which helps reduce inflammation. Most of us are consuming way too many omega-6 fatty acids, mostly because of vegetable oils, but Choosing the right kind of beef can help there. There's evidence that levels of B1 and B2 and minerals like magnesium and phosphorus and definitely beta carotene because that's what gives the grass-fed meat that little yellowish tinge. So it has more of that. It has more vitamin E, which so many of us aren't getting anymore. And then other fatty acids like CLA, which is helpful for kind of interrupt interfering with fat deposition. And it seems to be protective against diseases as well. And those are really cool. Those are amazing reasons to do it. But the other reasons to be careful is that you're not going to get antibiotics and hormones and pesticide exposure. And you're going to be helping improve the environment because concentrated animal feeding operations where over 90% Mm. of our meat is coming from, they're not doing us any favors environmentally, physically, I mean, in no way. So...
1: Yeah, absolutely. They're a serious health problem. And uh, I mean, serious problem for our whole world. And then consuming the meat, it's very high in omega-6 fats. And so we get this skewed omega-6 to 3 ratio, which promotes inflammation at the cellular level, right? And we know that that's the link with really every uh, degenerative condition out there, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, heart disease, cancer, everything, diabetes, all related to inflammation. So Getting that fatty acid ratio optimized is extremely important. And like you said, it's got so much more uh, fat-soluble antioxidants that are in there. And things like conjugated linoleic acid, like you were talking about, which really helps with metabolism, it's actually uh, very anti-cancer, so a lot of powerful nutrients from that perspective as well. And uh, let's talk about organ meats a little bit, because... You know, I've eaten my share of organ meats and uh, I can't actually say that I really enjoy them, particularly liver. Um, One time I did order heart and my brother-in-law cooked that up and it was actually decent. It was actually tasted decent, but liver, never been a huge fan. We usually put it in soups um soups and stews like we'll take like a turkey carcass after thanksgiving cook it up you know what i mean and get it in the soup and when it's in the soup you don't really notice it as much you get you know basically all the organ meats kidney everything like that um but you guys did something really cool because you know most people aren't eating organ meats so you made a great little organ meat organ complex supplement here so let's talk about the benefits of organ meats
0: yeah. And first let me say, I commend you because my husband, when we realized, okay, I need to start eating organ meats. I would freeze it, put in little balls and try and like bypass the taste buds. He would try to sneak it into meals, but you might imagine coming from my like calories, a calorie processed diet, it I, I couldn't do it. And so that's why we decided to make it because organ meats, like you said, they were revered by um, our ancestors and they were given to the sick and the pregnant and and they even had this principle that like cures like. They believe eating liver was like a liver cleanse kind of thing. And yeah. so, and also, if you just look at the nutrient density, it's incredible. I mean, it blows steak and chicken and carrots, all of them out of the water. I know you, you're probably familiar with Matt Lalonde, but he did this nutrient dense, mm-hmm. density rating scale, and organ meats are right at the top. So, yeah. also, there was a Columbia University study. Or kind of review and they decided what were the best foods for mental health and organ meats again. So even though we've kind of like they've fallen out of favor, they're definitely something that we all need to be consuming more of. Their benefits are endless. This I just learned in 1934, maybe you know this, the Nobel Peace Prize went to three physicians who cured anemia with beef liver. And yeah, and it's funny. I know because there isn't a ton of iron in it. But what it does have is the retinol, the vitamin A, the preformed vitamin A, and the copper that are necessary for, um, you know, making hemoglobin. And so there's that. There's also this unidentified fatigue factor, which is why athletes have been using it for centuries. They had like little rats and they put them in the drum of water, which is mean but it's the way that they conduct research and then some of them got b vitamins some have got a regular diet and some of them got um organ meats and the ones that got the b vitamins in the regular diet they could swim for like 13 minutes and the ones that had organ meats swam for until they finished the study they just had to cut them off like 60 and 80. so that's kind of got what made me really want to create this product is when i did get myself to eat liver the energy is out of control. I also had skin issues. And we know retinol is a mm. big deal for skin, yeah. for your immune system, for reproductive health, and the B vitamins. It's nature's most potent source of natural B12 and vitamin A, and also has all of those minerals, those minerals that we can't make in our bodies and that we are not getting from the soil today because the levels have been on the decline. So those are my big reasons I love organ meats, but I'm yeah, sure you-
1: absolutely. Well, you know, a lot of people think, well, I'll get my vitamin A from eating carrots, but carrots are our beta-carotene, which is a water-soluble form of vitamin A, and it's not the actual pre-formed fat-soluble retinol that we're really using. So there's a lower, a much lower conversion. We're really not actually. Providing a whole lot of vitamin A, even though it might say you know 100% vitamin A or whatever it is, because it's beta carotene. So that retinol that's key. We find that in egg yolks, grass-fed butter, organ meats. You know, as as one of the best sources there. Um, Our organ meats, liver would be the best source, right? Egg yolk maybe second. Yeah, I think that's the case. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's just so powerful for your immune system, your eyes, right? For I mean, you think about it, we have a retina and we have retinol, right? So really good for helping prevent against macular degeneration, cataracts, different things like that. Really important for brain health as well, uh, vitamin A, key for brain. And then on top of that, in your organ meats, you have mitochondrial support nutrients, right? And that's, I think, the big factor there with the energy is that typically when, we're, when we have fatigue, It's a mitochondrial issue and supporting coenzyme Q10, carnitine, different things like that. I mean, they call it carnitine because it was actually found in meat, right? It's like carnivore, Mm -hmm. carnitine. Carnitine actually helps bring fatty acids into the mitochondria where they can be used for energy. And a lot of people are deficient in carnitine. I know uh, you're Mm -hmm. a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. I run organic acid tests. My team does. We see a lot of people that need more carnitine. Right, and I think that uh, you know, beef liver, heart, different things like that. Those organ meats are a great source of that carnitine.
0: Exactly, and I was actually deficient in carnitine until I started with the organ meats. My hair, skin, and nails have never been thicker. And um, but yeah, for people who couldn't stand the taste like I did, I couldn't. I wanted to create an option for them too. So these capsules, you don't taste anything. It's just four capsules, just down the hatch, and then you move on your or move on with your day and know that you're, you know, you've got your nutrient density. Exactly.
1: Makes it so much easier. Cause I remember back in, I guess it was probably around 2011, 2012, somewhere around that time when the paleo diet was really growing. I ordered a beef liver from like us wellness (laughs) Wellness meats or something like that. And somebody was talking about like blending it up, putting it in your blender and (laughs) blending it. And so I tried that. And I may have drank like a quarter cup before I vomited, you know, and it was just absolutely disgusting.
0: Yeah. So. You want to hear an even more disgusting story? <laughs> My brother runs marathons, right? And so I turned him on to this importance of organ meats. And so what he does is he try—he does it in his blender, but he also drinks it in the shower so that if he has to gag. Wow. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I told you it was going to be just-
1: hardcore right there. <laughs> Um, (laughs) I know, Brent, you are hardcore. My brother Absolutely, absolutely. It will definitely help improve performance if you can get it down. Um, It's powerful nutrients in there, but uh, a lot easier to do it in the capsules, that's for sure. And you guys have got heart, (laughs) liver, and kidney. I I believe, I I would believe that heart probably, because heart has more mitochondria. So I'd imagine brain is the most dense area for mitochondria. Heart is second, liver is third. So I would imagine heart has the most coenzyme Q10, liver probably has the most vitamin A, like you were talking about the retinol and bile salts probably too, choline, taurine, right? different things like that. Those bile salts are so important as well.
0: Yeah. And that coenzyme Q10. I don't know. You probably talked about it on your show a lot, but I've heard physicians even think that heart disease in some cases is related to a deficiency of it. And like you said, yeah, liver is a very potent source and heart, which we have. Brain, we actually took out of our complex because um, it was becoming a sourcing issue. But but yes, definitely OQ10 and so many different. Well,
1: one time you guys had brain in here as well. Wow.
0: We really did. And we sourced it from New Zealand where there was never a case of mad cow and right. all of that. But it came to a point in time where some people were just really freaked out by that. Yeah. And so we thought we need to take it out so that we can reach more people and they can get it. Sure.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. So you got so that's what's interesting. This is what, what, what makes us unique as well, because I've seen other companies have beef liver, different things like that. But you've got the liver, heart, and the kidney, so that's that's definitely interesting. Let's talk about the uh, the meat stick here, because you've got this is not just grass fed beef, hundred percent grass fed beef, and which is important too. We can talk about that, hundred percent grass fed, but also it's fermented. Yes. Right. So yeah. let's talk about how you guys go through that process.
0: Right. So, yeah, um, first of all, there are a lot of nuances when it comes to grass fed, because yeah. uh, when I had the bur- my son, Maverick, I suddenly my focus was so much bigger. It was like, oh, no. OK, we have this environmental problem. Um, we only have six years of topsoil left. And so my farmers, the farmers and ranchers we were talking to, they were like, well, you know what? Like this is we can, if you're using the right practices, regenerate and pull carbon out of the atmosphere and build topsoil. But not all grass fed beef does that because there are certain practices continuous grazing for example which a lot of people utilize in the grass-fed space means they're just constantly eating grass in the same place this is actually destructive to our land still even though it's grass-fed beef but if you're using these regenerative practices where the cows are moving in a highly managed system they're stimulating grass growth and then the grass is acting like a straw sucking carbon out of the atmosphere it's just like this beautiful symphony of events so regenerative 100% grass-fed beef is definitely the way to go. And when it comes to our beef sticks, like I said, I was on tour and the grass-fed beef sticks I was having still weren't making me feel good. And I kind of narrowed it down to encapsulated citric acid, which I identified. And what this is, is this is the industry standard. And all you have to do is call it citric acid on a label, which I think most people, when they look at that, think, Oh, lemons, limes. Yeah. I mean, this was naturally derived, but that is almost never the case when it comes to your meat products. And what they do is basically take corn from, you know, corn syrup and they um, feed it to sugar and then it creates this process and then they coat it in hydrogenated oil. So that little ingredient that melts into your product to drop the pH, it's essentially GMOs and hydrogenated oil, which we know is terrible and it doesn't have to be labeled. So what I did, that just infuriated me. And so I had to figure out how our ancestors did it. And basically they ferment. All you do is you add like um, bacteria and sugar and then it kind of eats it. We use dextrose, non-corn dextrose, and then the bacteria consume that and then they from, it naturally preserves it, drops the pH, and then you're golden and you don't have to add any weird, crazy additives. And so I think at one time, I can't always say this because every batch varies or varies, but there was about a billion CFUs per wow. stick when we did this. serving. And, a what, certain
1: and what, uh, what bacteria are you guys fermenting that with?
0: Oh, that's actually a very good question. No. Yeah. I don't actually know what bacteria we use, but I will find out for you.
1: Yeah, that would be interesting. I'd be interested to know. And the dextrose I saw, it's coming from cassava, right? Yeah. From tapioca, which is a, a great prebiotic source.
0: Exactly. And you'll see that there's zero grams of sugar per stick, yeah. which is because, you know, like I said, they're eating there, they're consuming that. So a lot of people are worried like, oh, there's the dextrose. But yeah, that's yeah. basically consumed by the end of the product.
1: Yeah, and when they're fermenting, they're, they're not just populating bacteria, but also you've got enzymes in there as well. Yeah. Right, which helps support the digestive process. And when you're, especially when you're eating on the go, I see one of the biggest problems we have in our society, not just it's not just the food choices we're making, it's also our idea around food. We're oftentimes on the go, we're busy, we're not taking time to take deep breaths and get in a parasympathetic nervous system state and produce mm-hmm. our digestive juices. So it's great when we have foods that have preformed enzymes that are helping our body metabolize it more effectively and actually kind of leads us also into this product here the apple cider vinegar product Mm. as well right and so apple cider vinegar is a huge you know it's it's really good to just have a little apple cider vinegar and water before meals helps stimulate all your digestive juices right Mm. this is something i've been teaching for years and you guys capsulated it and it's also got turmeric ginger cinnamon and lemon which are all carminative herbs that all help stimulate digestive juices so what was the thinking behind this right here yeah, that's
0: interesting. So when my husband and I got married and we had our Maverick, we decided, okay, we want to improve. We want to live as long as possible. And so the first thing was we need to find this like morning cocktail that we could drink every morning to improve our longevity. So we read about all the benefits of acetic acid and apple cider vinegar. And I have diabetes in my family, so that really resonated with me. Oh, I can you know still make good choices, but this is going to help that blood sugar control because as I'm sure you've told everyone, the fewer blood sugar dips the longer your life. And so we started there. And then I heard about the Okinawans over in Japan and they're drinking a daily turmeric tea. And I was like, okay, obviously turmeric's gonna be in there. And ginger is really, really helpful for the digestive fire, like you said. Also like pain, if you have... PMS, I mean it's good for so many different things. And cinnamon as well has those same blood sugar stabilizing properties. And then the lemon, of course, it's good for immune. It just kind of gives your system a little boost. And so we were mixing up this cocktail every single day, and my my digestion improved dramatically. I used to test my blood sugar at home because I'm super nerdy and I love to just keep an eye on it, like I said, because we have a family history of diabetes and my blood sugar numbers were stabilizing, my cravings were significantly reduced, uh, reduced. and my skin. So I I know that I had lower levels of hydrochloric acid, had difficulty with protein digestion. And so this apple cider vinegar came in there and changed that for me. And so I could break down protein. I wasn't breaking out as much because I wasn't as nutrient deprived. And so I was telling everyone about this. I have a fitness group and I did this until a dentist friend of mine contacted me who I grew up with and she said, Autumn, I love what you're doing, but you definitely don't want to be encouraging everyone to drink apple cider vinegar on the daily because if you're not drinking with the straw, it can be hard on the enamel. And that coupled with the feedback from all my clients saying, I don't want to mix this every day. This is annoying, like it takes time. So I decided, okay, we're just gonna have to encapsulate it so that everyone can again get this digestive and like blood sugar stabilizing support every day in a really small amount, in like five seconds. So that's why we decided to make that product.
1: Yeah, and you made a couple of really great points. You know, blood sugar stability is so important for your overall, for your brain, your body, for your energy levels, your mental clarity, your mood. All those things plays a really, really important role. And you also um, talked about the link there between low stomach acid and acne. Yes. And that is well thought out in the research that um, acne oftentimes is very much related to a low stomach acid level right can you can you talk a little bit more about that
0: yeah because if you don't have stomach acid there's two things that happen first of all your proteins aren't going to be broken down and that's very important for blood sugar stabilization mm-hmm. and just for nutrients Also, your minerals won't be as well absorbed, Mm. critical for your skin, especially something like zinc. And you're also more susceptible because stomach acid basically is like your first line of defense against pathogens and anything that's not supposed to be getting into your digestive tract. So when it's not adequate, you're not getting all three of those things happening, which Mm. can lead to breakouts. You're nutrient deprived. You might have parasites. You're more um, susceptible to bacterial infection and all of that. And your mineral status is going to suffer. So for me, it was... Really, really. And also, it's not like as scientific, but the cravings I wasn't having didn't lead me to be eating processed foods or have you know having to have these cravings and then making a whoops decision or whatever. And I think that helped my skin too and the inflammation in my body. So
1: yeah, absolutely. Absorbing those minerals like zinc, super, super yes. important there. Yeah, and really the three best things for stimulating digestive juices are ginger apple cider vinegar and lemon or lime. And you you basically have that in there. And then you've added the cinnamon, which, uh, which has a great blood sugar stability effect, helps improve our body's ability to clear the bloodstream, but also just improve the insulin recognition at the cell membrane level. And, um, and then you've also got turmeric in there, right? Which, uh, which obviously is one of the most powerful (laughs) antioxidants and anti-inflammatories so, yeah, really powerful cocktail right here as as well with the apple cider vinegar. So, yeah, really good stuff. Let's let's talk about obviously you've got a 4-year-old. I've got two 4-year-olds and a and a 22-month-old who you met. She wanted to come in and meet you actually. So, so she's stuck in my room right before we we started recording. Um so let's talk about, you know, a lot of our listeners have have young kids. Yeah. And it's not always easy to get kids uh to eat foods that you want them to. Uh my daughter <laughs> threw a bowl yesterday, shattered it all over the floor, you know, which is not uncommon. No. <laughs> um, um, so yeah. she's at that stage. So let's talk about some food strategies you use with with your son, Maverick.
0: Oh, yeah. So Maverick, um, he's old enough now. He's four. And so he has a gluten thing, which was actually kind of a godsend because it was a nice way to introduce look at the power of food on your body. Because when he consumes it, he gets a cold sore or he'll get like itchy palms. And so for us, it was now that he's old enough, it was important to establish consequences. Like we don't use food as a moral issue. It's not good or bad. Eating certain foods doesn't make you good or bad. It just means you're going to have to deal with the consequences. And the other major things that we put into his diet are definitely learning to stabilize his blood sugar. <laughs> we have a lot of really high quality animal products. Protein is a staple in all of his meals and he were definitely educating him about that as well, slowly. He really loves his gluten-free bread and we, of course, do that. um, But we keep it out of the house for the most part. And the way that we keep him from feeling deprived is on Fridays, we go, okay, it's Fun Food Friday. Like, you want to have a treat? Let's go out. We're going to make it an event. It's usually he decides where we're going and then he really, really looks forward to it. But I can tell you the effect on my little guy is profound when he's not, when we're traveling and he's not like on. And sometimes he's really picky. And I've kind of come up with this. I read this awesome book. Have you ever read the book, cure your child of food?
1: No, I haven't.
0: I don't know. Kelly Dorfman. She is like rocking my world lately. Um, she has this eat program for picky kids because a lot of children Mm. are on the white diet. And so it's basically just, you choose a food that's kind of similar to their, the food that they're already consuming. And then you eat it. And then you basically just one bite a day, just one Mm -hmm. bite a day for a period of two weeks because a lot of times kids just need to acclimate. They hate something at first. And then if you keep the repeated exposure, like I didn't know in Mexico, they give babies hot sauce at like nine months years old, or nine months. And so it's just this, Constant process of, okay, just one bite, just one bite. And so that's what we do. We try not to make it a battleground. Sometimes it ends up like that. I think that's just parenting, but
1: (laughs) those are some of the things that work for us. We've been there, that's for sure. Um, But, you know, yeah, number one, we start by just making sure our kids always have nutrient dense foods around, right? That's really what they're always having. Like fruit is dessert, like that's candy to them, you know, is eating strawberries and blueberries and things like that, cashews. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's dessert. That's what they love. And, uh, and then, yeah, just trying to do our best to make sure that they're eating really nutrient dense foods, especially when they're hungry, you start them out with uh, the most nutrient dense foods because they get a little bit more bored as the meal goes on and uh, they want more flavor. So mm-hmm. I think giving them, a, giving them a really good start is always key. Uh, but I found that, you know, my kids really enjoy these beef sticks, right? Which is, which is great, right? So I'll say, hey, you know, they'll finish their meal. I'm still hungry, right? Which when you have young boys, you hear that a lot. I'm still hungry. And uh, i pull out the beef stick. I'm like, you guys want a beef stick? Yeah, we want a beef stick. Oh, <laughs> so,
0: that makes me so happy. My little guy loves the teriyaki. What's your, what are their favorites?
1: Um, I, well, I don't even know. I think uh, this is just the regular, actually. I'm not sure what flavor this one is.
0: Yeah, that makes me happy. My, my uh, yeah. little guy's pretty picky, but he'll always do a beefsteak. He does. He really loves them and yep. we carry them everywhere. And they have seriously been a godsend because, you know, kids, yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely. hard to find something they love.
1: That's right. Super helpful. And I found that, you know, most of the beef jerkies and things like that out there all have a lot of sugar in them. Oh, yeah.
0: I don't understand it. Yeah, right. Now, right? I, like,
1: I don't, when I want savory, I don't want sweet.
0: No. You know what I mean?
1: Like I don't, I, just, I don't like sweet and savory. I like savory or yeah. sweet.
0: Completely <laughs> agreed. I know. And I love, you know, I just don't understand why sugar or even fruit. I don't, I don't, I yeah. just don't, yeah, I don't, exactly. I don't know. Because when you have high quality animal products, they taste delicious. You just put a right. few spices on them, and it, you're golden. But yeah, I do not understand it. Sugar is everywhere. Literally, I have to go kind of crazy when I'm at the supermarket, just making sure that nothing. Because if you don't pay attention, all of a sudden your meat has sugar, your juice has sugar, Absolutely. your bread has sugar, and it gets out of control. So yeah, yeah. you got to
1: be careful. You got to be yeah. careful. So Autumn, what are your? Let's if you could only live on five foods right? Ooh. What are your top five?
0: <laughs> now, is the goal longevity
1: or enjoyment? Combination of both.
0: Okay. Okay. Hmm. All right. Five foods. Ooh. Well, I'm going to have to say organ meats, but I don't want to actually eat them. I will have to just use them because they just make me feel so great.
1: That would be your go-to supplement.
0: That would be my go-to supplement. The other food is, oh, you're going to laugh at this. My, I, every day I drink this gigantic green shake. And um, basically it makes my brain turn on. I just feel incredible. And so my kale and my romaine, and I just, I would have to go with the greens.
1: What's in the green shake?
0: Yeah, okay, this is what's in the green shake. I do romaine, and then I do like this super green blend, and then some spinach, and then maybe like our our collagen protein powder, and just like a few blueberries. I'm really into the brain Mm -hmm. health. Blueberries are great for the brain that's it <laughs> so yeah. my husband yeah it's just because it makes me feel so great it's what i do and um you can add like three strawberries that makes it really really good too just a little more fruit but not too heavy on the fruit so definitely my green shake uh obviously i would have to go with brussels sprouts those are my all-time favorite food yeah. okay some brussels sprouts and You're like i'm oh,
1: steamed or roasted
0: oh roasted All yeah day. yeah with a little balsamic yeah, maybe yeah. some olive so good. oil oh yeah I usually like get two orders at the restaurant that's sometimes only meal um another one would have to be hmm a really high quality like a good cut of steak I think I could live on forever and then the last one would be pineapple
1: I like it
0: I like it or nachos (laughs) if we could do like a paleo type of nachos that's actually my favorite food it's just not something I eat all the time
1: yeah yeah absolutely. yeah my my wife loves the cassava. they're like a they're like um what are they called like a cheese it type type thing, but they're made out of cassava.
0: Yes well, right? I don't know is it Siete brand? Um, yeah,
1: I think so. I think yeah. so. I can't remember exactly what, but they but they taste amazing, right Oh
0: they're yes. so good. yeah, yeah I so don't usually eat bagged things, but you got to be
1: careful with some of those things, right? because yeah, yeah even when using healthy ingredients you can make some of these processed foods, uh, you know, almost irresistible, right?
0: Absolutely. And then your blood sugar. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. I'm a a steak and Brussels sprout guy as well. I love that. I love broccoli with butter, steamed broccoli, grass fed butter on there, some herbs. Um, I love herbs on everything like oregano, basil, thyme, all those Mediterranean herbs to me like make everything taste great.
0: A hundred percent. And I would have never said that I could be so satisfied by such simple food, but really when they're good quality and you pair it with herbs and spices, and sometimes I even double the amount of herbs and spices because we know they're yeah. very high in antioxidants and they have Absolutely. all of these undocumented benefits.
1: So I'm totally with you on that. Yeah, we should be able to smell our meal, right? should have this great aroma to it. And that actually helps start the digestive process. We get those digestive juices going, which enhances
0: Absolutely. And I love earlier you mentioned something I want to touch on because it's been really helpful for my clients. Like you said, we're not sitting down and just like being present, but there's research to suggest that when you don't, even when you're just like watching TV, you can completely shut down digestion or significantly shut mm. shut down. So just learning yeah. to be mindful about eating has been really helpful for me too, because I'm talking to myself,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, mindful eating is right there with you know the the food that you are eating is actually just being mindful of it. so so, really, really key. Let's talk about intermittent fasting. Do you practice it? Does your husband practice it at all?
0: Oh, I love intermittent fasting. See, honestly, I find that it makes me feel awesome. And I have both genes for Alzheimer's. And so I'm always trying to like, so usually I do like a a 16, eight kind of thing. But lately, what I've noticed in my blood work is that my adrenals are working pretty hard. And so I don't know, I'd love to get your take on this, but I've kind of moved it back to a 14 hour thing just for a little bit. Um, yep. But yeah, intermittent fasting is something I've practiced for a lot of years. And when I don't do it, I don't feel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yep. yeah. When
1: yeah. What I have found is that for some people, depending on your stress level, particularly in are that demographic where you're a lean female, you're still in your menstruating years, right? And so you're the demographic that can have the most challenge with fasting especially if you have a lot of stress on your, in your life, right? And you've got a four-year-old, so there you go. And, and two businesses, right? Two big businesses here. So yes, yeah, so entrepreneur, mom, you know, you got all the stress. So yeah. what I find is that, yeah, doing something like, have you heard of crescendo fasting? Yeah. Definitely. Kind of like, yeah, it's kind of the idea of like exercise. Like if you, like we all know exercise is beneficial, but if we exercise every single day and we have a lot of stress and we're not recovering well, then we're overtraining, right? Obviously not going to be beneficial for us. Well, it's the same thing with fasting. You need to be able to adapt and recover because it is a stressor on the body. So the principle of crescendo fasting would say, okay, you do, you fast, you can do a 16-8 twice a week, non-consecutive days. So like a Monday, Thursday or Monday, Friday. So that way you get kind of get that recovery in between. Mm -hmm. And then you're able to you know, push the fast out a little bit on those, those two days during the week where, and ideally, you know, especially if you are under a lot of stress, um, depending on you. So for some people, they feel like they get their, their most productive during their fast. Like that's for me, I'm really, really productive during the fast. So you just schedule it in your productive days. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And that understand. way you don't have to think about it. You're just fasting during that period of time, but then you've got recovery after that. Yeah. So that might be something that, that you can experiment with.
0: And that's kind of what I do, honestly. Like Monday is my most productive day. And so I do, I usually do Monday and Wednesdays if I'm kind of going for it and going to do the fasting thing. And I used to do an all day fast, just like Thursday, I would stop eating dinner and I would go all the way Friday and eat dinner Friday. I felt incredible. Oh, yeah. Oh, when yeah. I do that. Yeah. And so yep. I'm, I'm missing it, but yeah, I think crescendo fasting, if I have your permission and you think it's in my best interest, I'll, <laughs> I can do the Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Crescendo. Yeah, exactly. Uh, cycle fast, which is the every other day kind of thing. One of those types of strategies, you got to tinker with it, kind of see what, what works best for you. But yeah, like I, I do a 24 hour fast. I actually do it twice a week. I actually, I love it. I would do it. I would do one meal a day, for me, being a man, it's a little bit easier. I'm not dealing with, uh, you know, trying to cycle in my my uh, estrogen, progesterone, uh, right. which needs some level of insulin in order to produce yep. estrogen, progesterone. So for overweight women that are insulin resistant, they already have enough insulin, so they can do more of the intermittent fasting. Whereas very lean uh, women need they're going to need a little bit of an insulin bump from time to time, and so that's why they can't go overboard with fasting or um, you know, be in its deep state of ketosis. Most of them, you know, there are certain outliers, but most of them can't be in a deep state of ketosis for a long period of time. So there's kind of an art to that, but as a man, it's actually easier. Yeah. Um, and I find that my brain and my productivity are at the best when I'm doing one meal a day, but I lose too much weight. Right. (laughs) So that's why I only do it twice a week. The other two, the other five days, I'm eating two meals a day. And, um, and it's also easier for me, it's easier to be mindful of eating when I'm only eating once or twice a day. Cause it's like, okay, now this is my hour where I'm, I'm eating. You know what I mean? Rather than I'm trying to grab food on the go. Cause I need to constantly keep my blood sugar stable.
0: It's so true. And the amount of energy I think that we have like trapped in, what are we eating next? And what's lunch going to be? It is so liberating for the other time, just be like, I don't have to worry about it. I'm going on with my life. And yeah, I I definitely love fasting. And I was doing the keto thing for a few years and coupled with the fasting. And I do, again, I've had, I've added carbohydrates back in a little bit because of what my Dutch test was revealing, but I do feel better in keto and fully intend on cycling in and out throughout the year. Is that kind of the approach you used to?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think it, you know, it's a diet variation principle, where, you know, and, and it's always going to depend on the individual. Some people are going to feel better spending more time in ketosis than other people. But I think it's one of those things where throughout the year, you want to spend some time in ketosis and then spend some time out of ketosis. Right. And uh, you know, kind of just trying to figure it out for what works best for your body. Yeah. Well, really good. good stuff. And Autumn, this has been a fantastic interview. Any, any last words of wisdom for our audience here?
0: Oh, just if you're suffering, and if you think that there's nothing you can do, just think about me. I had IBS for 15 years, and um, I didn't have any sort of medical training or whatever. I'm just a normal person. And um, I feel better than I have ever. And so if there's anything I could say, it's just like, just keep going. If you haven't found it yet, you're going to find it. And I know that Dr. Jockers will bring you, (laughs) will definitely help you along the way.
1: Well, thanks again, Autumn. Those are great words of wisdom. And if you're looking for her products, paleovalley.com. And we also have a coupon code. It's KETOMASTERCLASS10, which will give you a 10% savings on your products. If you're listening to this on YouTube, we've got a link below, so definitely check that out. And the products we talked about, I mean, they've got a ton of products, but we talked about the beef sticks um, with that, that are naturally fermented, no sugar. And then we talked about the apple cider vinegar complex, which really – Helps improve digestive juice production and blood sugar stability. We talked about the organ complex, which is loaded with powerful mitochondrial support nutrients, fat-soluble nutrients. So that's kind of your power-packed multivitamin. They've also got a greens powder, uh, turmeric product, and, uh, and a vitamin C as well that we didn't even get to, but uh, all gr- really great products. And you guys are probably coming out with more stuff. You probably have more stuff than I even know about, but- yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm excited. We'll, we'll have you on again as you, uh, as you guys are bringing out some more products. And you know, the reason why I had Autumn on is that Paleo Valley really has the highest quality products out there. So um, if you're looking for some good products, definitely check them out, paleovalley.com. Use that coupon code KETOMASTERCLASS10 to save 10%. And um, you know, I just want to leave you guys with this last thought that you're more valuable than you think you are. So investing into yourself and into your health is uh, one of the most powerful things you can do for yourself to help optimize your mind, your body, your spirit, and uh, be everything that God called you to be. So go out there and, and live life at 100%. Be blessed, everybody. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.